The Texarkana Gazette is hiring. We're looking for an enterprising reporter to cover courts and legal affairs, including high-profile criminal trials and civil lawsuits. With two cities, two counties, two states, and federal courts, Texarkana is the perfect place for a legal reporter to thrive. If you or someone you know would like to join our busy Digital First newsroom, contact editor James Bright at jbright at texarkanagazette.com or 870-330-7550. That's J-B-R-I-G-H-T at texarkanagazette.com or 870-330-7550. Hello and welcome to On the Line. I'm Carl Richter. Texarkana native Chris Legrand created Satisfaction the International Rolling Stones tribute show more than 20 years ago. The show has grown into a full-time business for LeGrand, who portrays Stones frontman Mick Jagger. A performance Friday, June 17th, at Texarkana's Perot Theater is one of hundreds Satisfaction will stage this year. We talked about how the group got started how it keeps its tribute authentic, life on tour, and more. Here's my conversation with Chris Legrand. Joining me on the phone from Lake Jackson, Texas, it's Chris Legrand, one of the founders of Satisfaction. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing good. Thank you. Um, so I understand you're from here in Texarkana, is that right? Yeah, I'm a native of Texarkana. I uh, grew up there, went to school there, high school, and left about 1985 and uh, moved down to Shreveport, Bossier City. Lived there for many years, and now I'm a resident of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So is it different uh, coming back to your hometown to perform here? Well, it's always a lot of fun. You know, we've... Uh, our last performance was at the Perot uh, about 10 years ago. Uh, we did a big show there and had a very successful outing, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, last summer, we came up and did a little outdoor thing at Crossroads, the new venue that's uh, downtown there. So, uh, But other than that, you know, uh, prior to uh, uh, that performance, it had been many years since we've been back and done anything. So it's always a, it's always a, a, a exciting time to come back and play. So tell me how this thing got started. When did you? When did it occur to you to do a Rolling Stones tribute band? Well, it's, it's a little bit of a complicated story. I, I, I grew up there and, and had some high school bands and some bands out of school uh, with some of the local guys there that uh, we went on the road and toured around and, and did some regional work. And so I tried to, you know, be my own rock star <laughs> uh-huh. and do, do my own thing till I was in my um, mid twenties. And uh, then I just, you know, I kind of got to the end of it. I was a little frustrated and. So I decided to uh, more or less get a haircut and get a real job and went back to school, um, met a girl from Louisiana and ended up getting married, moved down there. So I just got out of the music business. I, I've been trying to do it since I was a teenager and, and it just wasn't really doing anything financially rewarding. So uh, 
I got into industrial sales and I was doing that. And then after, you know, living down in Shreveport for many years and uh, ended up getting divorced. And so when I did that, I, I kind of got back into doing some weekend uh, playing in, in the Shreveport Bossier with a couple of different groups. And one day I went to see a, uh, I guess sometime in the 90s, late 90s, I went to see a Beatles show uh, in Shreveport at a, at a theater. Mm-hmm. And as I was sitting there, you know, a light bulb just went off in my head because all my life people had been since I was in high school and growing my hair out and you know they, they, they look a lot like Mick Jagger and you got Mick Jagger lips and all this kind of stuff. Oh, really? Back in yeah, you know, yeah, back in the day I was trying to do my own thing, so I just kind of didn't even pay attention to it. And then, uh, but as I was sitting there watching this Beatles show, I said, I've never seen a Rolling Stones show. And this was kind of the dawn of the when the tribute market was really kind of getting going. Uh, 99, 2000. And then there was also this thing in, you know, called the internet that was new to everybody. Right. So uh, <laughs> I, I started doing some research. And so I, I came to some of the guys I was working with in a music show down there in Louisiana. And, and I said, I'm thinking about putting together a Rolling Stones show and a tribute show. And the first thing they said to me was, who's going to play Mick Jagger? And I said, well, I'm going to do that. <laughs> and they were like, well, you, you play bass and you sing a few songs, but you're not a front man. So I said, I don't know, it's a challenge, and uh, but I want to try to do this. So uh, around 2000, I, I started recruiting some guys there in Shreveport and in the Architects area. Put together this as just a side project, and I still had my day job, and I was still working with another band, and I just kind of wanted to do it as a specialty act. And in 2001, everything kind of changed. Uh, uh, I, I had a great job with a, with a company in industrial sales for over 10 years, and was doing really well with that. 9-11 happened, uh, and uh, I ended up losing my job, and I just started doing a few gigs with Satisfaction, mm-hmm. just some specialty shows, but I had a couple of booking agents get in touch with me and you know, offer me a chance to go out and tour, and so after 9-11, it was a little strange time in the country to try to get work, and it was just, if you can remember back at how, how weird it was, yeah, and yeah. Uh, so I, I wasn't having any success with that, so I just kind of said, huh here's an opportunity. Am I going to do this? And I just, I just went for it. You know, I decided I'm going to try to put this on the road and see if this can work. You know, when I was in my twenties, music was more of fun and drinking beer and chasing girls and <laughs> right. doing things like that. You know, later on in life, it became a business. So uh, the years out of work in business, I applied that to this. And so 21 years later, and here I am. <laughs> yeah. That, that leads right into what I wanted to ask you next. This is a full-time business for you you're on the road how how often 300 well, shows a year well it's a, it, it runs around 150 shows a year okay. we've, done up, we've done up to 200 shows during the pandemic you know that was a different time we'll, we'll just we'll just let that go because that was a couple of years of spotty work and right. a very difficult time for everyone but pre-pandemic and now we're back to full time uh so it's it's uh we've been running full speed since 2002 uh, as a full-time show and, uh, it's been quite a ride. So what is that about two or three shows a week? Averaging something like that? Averaging, averaging at least, yeah, two or three shows a week. Of course we take some weeks off, you know, we, we take some breaks. We'll go out for six or eight weeks and then we'll take a week off, you know, or, or we'll go out for four or five weeks and we'll take a week off. You know, we have some breaks in the holidays and I, I let everybody go on holidays and we take time off, but we do work year round. Mm-hmm. We're not like a, you know, whereas a Tim McGraw may go out and work three months and then, you know, sit around for nine months. He's got that luxury to do that. But we make our living by live performance. So we have to work uh, all the time. Yeah. 
what's it like on the road? Well, it, you know, it's it's still fun. You know, I've been out here 21 years, and everyone asks, are you tired of this? Are you tired of doing this? And I still enjoy going to every city to play, be it New York City, Las Vegas, or, you know, a small town in Kansas, you know, on a Thursday night, you know, a festival mm-hmm. or something. You meet interesting people. Uh, it, it keeps the show fresh, moving town to town. If I had to sit in one spot and do this every night, I might get a little tired of it. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, uh, it's a different audience for us every night. And, um, you know, I, I enjoy seeing the country. I wouldn't say it's a full-time vacation, but I have a lot of days off where I go see a city or go catch a ball game or go catch a show or something I wouldn't normally be able to do. So there's a lot of benefits to that. But, you know, it's living in hotel rooms uh, a couple hundred nights a year is not for everybody either. So, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's it's a lot of work. And it's 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 a challenge, but uh, I'm accustomed to it. And, you know, I still enjoy it. How accurate do you try to be? Are you really trying to replicate like the recordings everyone's familiar with? Do you focus on one era of the stones? Do you, are you replicating set lists from their actual shows? Well, it's, it's, it's kind of a mixed bag. Uh, it's a little bit of everything that you said. We, we've done all these things in 20 plus years. We've, we've done various types of shows. As far as the, the key word here is authenticity. So we strive for authenticity. Uh, we play close attention to the original recordings, but there's some of the Stones live uh, performances and some some various different versions of songs that we might embellish slightly. But we always stay really true to the original recordings uh, to the best we can. Uh, now, as far as you know, most of the time when we're on tour. Our regular show is just a greatest hit show with some rarity songs mixed in, mm-hmm. some acoustic numbers, and, that, and that's our normal show. Over the years, we developed uh, another project where we would do the different eras of the Stones. We would come out and do a 1960s early look with a Brian Jones, kind of the old black and white Ed Sullivan look. Mm-hmm. Uh, performing just the early material, then we would play a film, change into the middle period of the Stones, a little late 60s, early 70s, a little more of the hippie era, mm-hmm. uh, more of the Guinea Shelter, Jumpin' Jack Flash stuff. And then we would change costumes again and then come out and have uh, Ronnie Wood and more of a modern-day Rolling Stones book and a later era, if you will. So we actually have one guy on the show that's had to play three different people, uh, Brian Jones and Vic Taylor and then Ronnie Wood, the three guitar players they mm. had. Yeah. So that's a challenge. So we've done that, and we also do that show Still, we tour with the Beatles group. Uh, we have a show called Beatles versus Stones, a musical showdown, and we we do these different eras with them. So, uh, and then we've also performed uh, some uh, set lists from some concerts, and we've done a couple of uh, full album shows. So, you know, it, we just kind of keep it fresh and mix it up. You know, uh, right now we're just back out doing our greatest hits thing, and um, that's what we're bringing to the Perot. But, you know, again, over the course of time, we've we've had to be flexible and diversify and we want to keep it fresh for our audience. And when we come to the town this next year, you know, we want to be conscientious. Well, what did we do last time? And so we always try to mix it up a little. So we're always just working and, you know, keeping the music and the costumes and the instrumentation authentic is is a key word for us. This is kind of a wonky question, but do you have to deal with any sort of licensing? I mean, yeah, we, how do you deal with copyright issues? I guess is the question. Yeah, we 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 are BMI ASCAP members, so we pay a fee every year for that, and that 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 keeps us pretty well under the radar. 
and then most of the venues we perform at also pay licensing fees. So from a legal standpoint, most of that is taken care of. Mm-hmm. We did have to get some permissions and some uh, from the Stones to do uh, some performances with Walt Disney World. Then occasionally something like that comes along when we have to get a special, you know, uh, agreement from their management, and, and that that's really a kind of a pain and a struggle. Uh, the only thing that's that's been a little bit of a tricky over the years was that our original logo, which was a a we had an artist do a variation of their logo, the tongue and lips, uh-huh. and we we varied the logo, we changed it enough, and everyone said, yeah, you, you should be good, uh, because that's one thing tribute shows have to be careful about the artwork, uh, the you know the likeness and the imagery, you have to be careful, yeah, uh, along with a couple other things. But they asked us to change our logo, so we did. Uh, so we couldn't, we, we just don't use that anymore. We just said, no, we took it down. Mick Jagger himself said, I don't have any problem with this group, but uh, this logo is, it's got to be changed. Yeah. So we just, we redesigned that. And, um, you know, we put a disclaimer on our website. We're not endorsed by them. And all the word tribute has to be very evident in all of our advertising. Right, so right. we do all the things that we're supposed to be doing. So, uh, all good for now. <laughs> I'm sure you've been asked a million times whether the Stones have ever been to one of your shows. Yeah, and, and the answer is no. I mean, they're, they're busy. They live other places. And, you know, they're yeah. probably the last thing they would want to come do is sit down and watch our group. But <laughs> I know that they've uh, seen some of our video performances because uh, uh, they, they, Mick Jagger had to look at our website and look at some of this. So how much time he spent on that, uh, up for debate. But, uh, you know. They are who they are. They're in the twilight of their career, and 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 certainly yeah. we're just uh, trying to carry the torch here. And you know, when they come around every few years, and we're out here all the time. But uh, you know, uh, maybe one day we'll sit down and have a drink. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when's the last time you saw them perform? Uh, I did not get to see them on the last couple of tours. It was 2015. Uh, I, I got to see him in Indianapolis and Detroit. We were working up there and we had a couple of days off and I was able to squeeze in a couple of shows to see him. Then I didn't get to see him last year at the cotton bowl in Dallas, even though I was home, I just gotten back and then it was rain in the forecast and the tickets were a little bit crazy and, you know, still with the pandemic stuff. So I yeah. didn't, I didn't make it to that show, but my first time to see him was in 1981 at the cotton bowl. And, uh, that was quite a thrill. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, do you do your own original music still? No, you know, I, I parked all of that in about 2000 when I started this show, I had some original things I was doing and I had a little home studio and I was really recording. And then, uh, you know, I was working with another classic rock band. And then when I started this, just got to be more than I could handle between a job and, and, uh, two bands. And then when satisfaction took off, I just had to really dive into this, you know, and, you know, even when I'm home now, you know, it's, it's kind of strange when I'm playing the piano and I'm, I'm trying to, I'm a novice piano player. So I'm working on that. I still have time, trouble finding my own voice because I've been doing this voice of his for so long. Yeah, so I, I can I imagine. It's a little strange, you know, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of a funny thing is, uh, people tell me, well, don't you sing in your own voice very much? Well, not really. <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is my job. So tell me about the other guys in the band. Well, we've got uh, we've got a great cast. Uh, all the rest of the guys are from different parts of the country. Uh, Dom Lonzo, Dominic Lonzo, he plays Keith Richards. Dom was originally in the band as a Ronnie Wood mm. uh, back in 2011. He came in. He worked with us for a few years and then left. 
And then uh, uh, Keith Richard that had been with me for very long, he, he departed with some health issues. So I called Dom up and I said, hey, would you consider doing this? And he said, take a shot at it. So he's been back doing this for four or five years now, doing a really great job. On the uh, Ronnie Wood, Brian Jones, Mick Taylor, we have a guy named uh, Jimmy Babu, who's uh, from New York area. And uh, Jimmy's played with some weekend Rolling Stones tribute groups in and around the New York State area. And uh, he was wanting to stretch out and get into doing this full time and reached out to me a few years ago. So I was able to get Jimmy in the show. Uh, he's been with us about three years. Uh, John Wade on bass, Bill Wyman. John's going here on about 10 years. John's from the uh, Carolinas. He lives in South Carolina right now, and he's a native of North Carolina. But uh, been here for a while, and plays the role of Bill Wyman, and does excellent vocals for us. And then lastly, Joe Rotondo from Denver is uh, in his Charlie Watts, and he's been a great addition. He, I actually found him. I was looking for a, for a new Charlie, and I found him on a, on a tribute site. He was actually working in a Beatles group. And uh, he had some of the uh, likeness of Charlie. And I, I was about so, to say, I've seen pictures. He looks a lot like him. Yeah. I came to him. I said, would you ever consider? He goes, and he was working at Home Depot and <laughs> selling carpet and, and, and playing with his Beatles group. And I said, I got an opportunity here. I need a Charlie. I think you could do this. He made some little videos of him performing. And he sent it to us. And, and three of us sit here and watch him. We're like, we got to get this guy. So he was a natural. Does so he come in and he's embraced the everything charlie and he's does he uh, have that know, sort of cool demeanor behind the traps that charlie did he, yeah he does the, the little lift with the sticks and he does the whole thing and he, he gets the posture mm-hmm. and i'll tell you he's for a long time people go hey you're mick jagger and, and it was now i got guys looking at this charlie watch you know mm-hmm. so he's really uh he's really embodied the full character and it's you know sometimes you can find a guy like that sometimes in this trivia world it's you know not everybody looks like elvis presley right so uh it's hit or miss but uh all the guys here work very hard on their look and their sound but some guys are uh, something unnatural and so uh worked out for him so this cast has been going strong for uh about three or four years and just really really uh playing well so i guess this means you're the only original member of the group yes yes um you know, it's like a business, a sports team. Over the years, things change. I mean, it would have been nice to keep some of the original guys together, but this is a different kind of life, and it's it's very difficult, and health issues, and and stress of traveling, and and uh, whatever it might be. You know, uh, it, it's difficult to, uh, to to navigate it, stay out forever. So we've been through some guys over the year, and some of the early days. You know, we had some guys that weren't really quite up to the level of where we were aspiring to be. Right. Quite honestly, it's like building a, a new, a sports team, you know, you got to start and draft some guys. And then the first couple of years, you're a, you're a new franchise. So that's kind of what we were, you know, by the time we got to Las Vegas at the legends show in 2005, uh, they hired us to come out there. We'd been into this three, three going on four years. And uh, when we went to Las Vegas, we had a really good cast. And then, Ever since then, you know, we've been able to, to uh, you know, plug a guy in if someone had to leave or whatever. So, you know, over the last uh, 15, 16 years, we've been really lucky to have an A-list cast. What's the key to playing Mick Jagger? A lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I imagine it's like an acting role, correct? It, 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 this the tribute business, to do it right, it, it is an acting role. 
you have to study it like that. We the word we use all the time, and I've already used it is authentic. Right. It's very unnatural to be someone other than yourself. So mm-hmm. you know you have to strive very hard not to default back to yourself uh, if you're acting or whatever. So, but you know over the course of time and doing it for many years, unlike someone that has to go in a movie and do it temporary, and then they film for six months and they go back to doing another role. You know I've I've had. It, it, blessings to be able to do this one character so it's much more refined now than it was when i started it was pretty raw and uh it's hard to look back at any old footage but it's just a lot of work it's a lot of study and i i still watch footage of him and uh because his show has changed over the years he's he's done different things and in particular when we have to do the different eras mm-hmm. a 1965 mick jagger is different than a 1972 and different than a, you know, now, I mean, it's, yeah. or, you know, so it's different moves, it's different things. So, uh, it, but it's, it's very demanding. I mean, I mean, I do have the most, probably the most demanding role in the group because I've got to, you know, play this iconic, uh, figure and I have to sing all these songs. So there's a lot of pressure and, and that's fine. You know, uh, uh, practice makes perfect or, or practice makes you excellent striving to get perfection no one's ever perfect right uh so you just keep working real hard and you just keep the bar raised real high and so we don't ever let any of us slack off and uh you know that's how we've had a show for this many years and we keep the amount of work that we have if we weren't doing that we wouldn't be working very much so very happy with what we're doing i bet it keeps you in shape too it does i mean you know uh i have to watch the diet and have to you know work out if i'm off and uh, you know, you have to behave myself, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, you know, it's, it, it keeps me in good shape and, uh, my voice stays in pretty good shape. I'm, you know, surprisingly, I can go out and do three or four or five nights in a row and, and not have any trouble. And, uh, that's, that's tough to do singing and, and running around and dancing and, and everything that has to go with it. So there's, uh, there's no breaks in the show for me. I have to work start to finish. No boy, <laughs> no time off. Yeah. Tell me about your interaction with Stone's fans. Uh, are they demanding? Are they persnickety about it? Do they critique you guys? I would say 75% uh, or 75 or 80% of the fans out there are, are you know, uh, very just, you know, appreciative and great compliments. And, you know, interaction with them has always been great. And we we built our own little fan base that comes to see us and, and, you know, they want to come to the shows and they want to tell you stories when they saw the stones and they want to, you know, they want to interact with you and, and relate everything that, that, that went on with them. And it's all great. And then there's, you know, 10% that are really super fanatical that, <laughs> that might want to follow you around and, you know, yeah. you know and, and, and get a little fanatical. And then there's probably 10% that are a little snippy and, you know, the purist, uh, and they may not like this or that. And, you know, they don't want to see you guys up there in wigs or, or yeah. costumes or, or doing that. So there's, there's 10% of those out there that are, that are, uh, you know, the, the, and that's probably anything in life, you know, yeah, but it's just 80%. not for them. <laughs> yeah. It's just not for them. But, uh, we have a, we have a great relationship with the stones fans and some of their fan clubs. And we post some of our gigs on their you know, fan club sites on Facebook and different things. So yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, we wouldn't survive without them. So they're coming to the shows and they're buying tickets. And so we, we rely on those fans to uh, support us. So you're performing here, is it Saturday the 18th? Is that right? No, no, it's, it's Friday the 17th. Friday the 17th, okay. Uh, so just a few days after this um, airs, 
what can people expect? You said uh, greatest hits, huh? Yes, we're going to do uh, – we have an opening group, uh, uh, an ex-band member of mine, uh, Wade Fowler, uh, Chasing Rita. He's a uh, Texarkana, uh, one of my best friends, and he's he's worked in our show a couple of times, and he's got a, a group of Chasing Rita. They're going to come out and do an opening set, and then we're going to come out and do a, a greatest hit set and mix in a couple of uh, fun things and some acoustic songs. We've got a couple of local uh, people sitting in with us. Richard Walker is a local sax player who's going to come out and play some sax. And then we've got a, uh, we got a, a female vocalist sitting in with, I think it's Jessica Hay. I hope it's pronouncing it right. Hey, good. Uh, she's a local, she works in local radio. Uh, she was recommended to come in and do some backing vocals for us. So we got a couple of uh, other locals that are going to sit in with us. And, you know, so yeah, we're going to bring all the big hits and mix it up a little bit and have a lot of fun. Maybe rock some of the plaster off the ceiling there in the pro. <laughs> Well, it's a beautiful theater, and it's always fun to come play there. I used to go to movies there when I was a, a little kid, you know, going there when it was the, I think it was the Paramount, what they called it back then, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. And I'd go see Saturday morning movies, and my parents would take me to movies. And so, you know, you get to go there and perform now, and so it's it's pretty it's pretty pretty awesome. So, where can people find you? You guys have a website, correct? Yeah, uh, RollingStoneShow.com uh, is our website. Or you can just Google Satisfaction, the International Rolling Stone Show. Uh, that'll also find us on Facebook. Uh, we don't, we're not into Twitter and, and, and too much of that stuff. You know, we kind of leave that to the others. But uh, we run with our website and our Facebook page, and that's enough for us to maintain. And we've got a good following on both of those. Uh, so, you know, the Facebook works really well for people keeping up with us, and, you know, getting the messages on our gigs and all that and what we're doing here and there on the road. So, uh, yeah, that's the two best ways to find us. All right. Well, we're looking forward to it uh, up here, and we'll see you Friday. Carl, appreciate the call, and look forward to seeing everybody back home. All right. Take care. Thank you, buddy. On the line is a Texarkana Gazette podcast recorded in Star Bear Studio right here in downtown Texarkana, USA. Follow On the Line on Twitter at O-T-L-T-X-K and on our website texarkanagazette.com slash podcast to support the show post a positive review wherever you get your podcasts the show is written produced and edited by yours truly Carl Richter and I'd love to hear from you email me at krichter at texarkanagazette.com I'll see you next time on the line.